So something we don't see every day in the ER, but does occasionally come up, uh, preeclampsia. Uh, I thought I'd go over preeclampsia for people. So typically uh, when we see it, um, the most common scenario is postpartum preeclampsia. But preeclampsia in general, uh, first of all, is kind of a background. It's not really well understood the mechanism of why it happens. Uh, most people kind of classify it as a widespread uh, malfunction of vascular endothelium and inflammation and typically in preeclampsia it's going to happen after 20 weeks gestation and up to three to six weeks postpartum. Um, when you talk about preeclampsia as far as definitions it's a disease marked by hypertension, proteinuria, with or without pathologic edema as well and the definitions are different you know here in the ER we don't get too worked up when we see somebody with a blood pressure of 150 over 90 uh, 150 over 95 we know there's other issues we know when we're talking about chronic or essential hypertension that uh, it, that's not usually an emergent problem but when you talk about preeclampsia the definition is uh, typically felt to be uh, systolic blood pressure greater than 140 over two different attempts in about four hours or a diastolic blood pressure greater than 90 um, so not really high numbers um, and then you also usually factor in proteinuria so urinalysis with at least one plus protein in the urine um, there's other definitions as far as you can have it with hypertension and no proteinuria if you meet all these other requirements there's also typically a, a spectrum of other problems and it's classified in preeclampsia with severe symptoms and that's usually where we get a little bit more worried uh, the severe symptoms would be uh, a higher blood pressure like higher than 160 or higher than 110 when you talk about systolic and diastolic um, you can have uh, renal dysfunction you can have thrombocytopenia you can have elevation of the liver enzymes and that's with it with or without help syndrome as well and when you get into those features it gets more serious um, we worry about um, eclampsia preeclampsia turning into eclampsia preeclampsia happens in like two to six percent of all pregnancies so it's not uncommon at all and eclampsia which is essentially preeclampsia plus seizures very simple to kind of think of uh, eclampsia happens in um, uh, one case out of every 200 cases of preeclampsia so it's not very common uh, itself um, and so when we evaluate somebody uh, for preeclampsia uh, they may come in you know typical symptoms could be headaches body aches chest pain shortness of breath um, Pulmonary edema or worsening lower extremity edema uh, are common complaints with preeclampsia. So, you know, it's almost like flu-like symptoms or chest pain or shortness of breath. And then you see the blood pressure and you know they're pregnant or they're immediately postpartum. And in a case we had the other day, the lady was about a week postpartum and uh, came in with a blood pressure of like 177 over 95, was complaining of a throbbing headache, chest pain, not really short of breath and said her edema was worse than it was um, uh, right before she delivered. And uh, she was six, six days postpartum. So it should have been starting to get 
better for her. So when we evaluate it, um, we're going to check a CBC. We're going to look for hemolysis. We want to check th check that. We're going to look for thrombocytopenia as well. We check a, a, a basic so we can uh, look at the creatinine, looking for an acute kidney injury. Uh, we check LFTs to look for any elevated liver function tests and proteins key, uh, urinalysis to look for any proteinuria as well. If they have a bad headache or, of course, any focal neurologic features, then uh, we need a CT scan of the head because uh, CVA and bleeds are not that terribly uncommon, unfortunately. Um, as far as uh, treatment goes, uh, prepartum, the treatment is delivery. Almost It almost always improves with delivery. You try to get the, the, the patient to 37 weeks and, and be able to deliver. If we're going to use medications, we use um, uh, for the blood pressure, th the classic is hydralazine. Labetalol is just as good. Nifedipine is used very commonly. And then, you know, we all think about, oh, we're going to use magnesium for, um, for uh, preeclampsia. But Typically, magnesium save for the patients with severe features. So, especially if they have, say, really brisk reflexes or clonus, and you think they're, you know, they're at risk for developing eclampsia, uh, then you use magnesium. And when we use magnesium, it's pretty big doses. It's four grams over five to ten minutes, and then a drip. So they need to be monitored really closely for that. Um, I think the other questions people always have with preeclampsia are you know, what's my risk for later on having actually real hypertension or heart disease? And uh, the studies have shown that uh, people who develop preeclampsia in um, uh, uh, preeclampsia with pregnancy have about a two to fourfold increase of having essential or chronic hypertension or ischemic heart disease as well. And then who's at risk for developing preeclampsia? Anybody can, um, but uh, we know that patients who are uh, nulliparous, so their first their first uh, pregnancy, or it's more common. Uh, patients who start off with a higher BMI, um, people with a family history, so it's family history. African Americans seem to have it more, uh, and then um, uh, I think that's really about it. But so preeclampsia. Thank you.